Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Good afternoon and happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I am your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I am so happy to have you join us today. And if you are returning, which I hope you are, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And thank you to everyone around the world who has been listening to this podcast. I hope that with me and my guests, we are changing your life because we are here to educate, empower, and inspire you. So everybody's story is different. Everybody has a fear that they need to overcome or are in the process of overcoming. But we are going to help you get there with education and empowerment and inspiration so you can go and help other people. Because I think that's really what it's about now more than ever to take that power that we have from within and share it with other people. So when you hear this podcast and radio show, please share it with your friends. Please subscribe and comment. I would love to hear from you. Love to hear your questions. And thank you so much again for joining us today. Today, my guest is a very fearless woman. Her name is Linda Mitchell, and welcome, Linda, to the show. Well, thank you. I'm very excited to be here with you, and I love what you're doing, Jody. Thank you. Thank you. I want to give everybody a little bit of background on Linda and give you some some information about her because uh, she's going to teach us a lot today. Linda Mitchell is a leading women's health expert, award-winning fitness competitor, best-selling author, top 50 podcast host, fitness boutique owner, and creator of the Sisterhood of Sweat brand. As a survivor of domestic violence, once being physically beaten down, afraid for her life, Linda has made it her mission to empower other women by helping them take responsibility for their health so that they can be in the best shape physically, and emotionally. A graduate of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, sorry about that, Linda has worked with dozens of thought leaders such as Heidi Powell, JJ Virgin, Natalie Jill, and Louise Gettleman, and more. She has appeared on ABC, NBC, Bold TV, and Fox. Linda has written her own column, Fit Over 40, and has spoken on numerous stages, included PodFest and Women's Future Conference. Whoa, Linda, you have packed a lot into your life so far. (laughs) Well, once I decided that I was worthy of having more and didn't need anyone's permission other than the Almighty, I do pray, uh, I began taking charge of my life and uh, living full out. So, when I want to talk about what you went through as a child and the um, abuse and how you were, how you got the strength to find yourself. So let's, let's start with that a little bit, um, because I think it's important for the listeners to understand where you've come from and how strong you've become and have fought through a lot of tough times. You know, life isn't always easy. And for a lot of people out there, they, you know, I don't want anyone to think that this is like a sparkly road that we all travel upon and we just 
we just find ourselves here because it isn't that way. Usually there's something from within that makes us fighters or we don't fight, but you are a fighter. So what happened when you were growing up? If you can help us learn. Well, I mean, I grew up and whoa, here we go. Oh. I have my mic this close. <laughs> I have to get used to it. I'm a hand talker. Uh, I grew up in the Midwest and, you know, from all appearances in Siberia and a middle-class family, you know, my brother and I, perfect family from the outside, everything looked perfect. And I mean, we had a good life, but my mom had an illness, which is called manic depression. And they didn't really label that as bipolar, but, uh, she was very depressed. She really suffered from it very severely. Uh, back in the day, they would give you shock treatments to forget why you're depressed, which is pseudoscience. It isn't the way to cure depression. And really, I grew up as a little girl, I think, being confused and not really understanding what was going on. But early on, I did find fitness and that really helped to empower me because I knew I didn't want the same fate. I didn't want to be sad and depressed. And so I realized early on that fitness was a game changer and a mood lifter and it made me strong so that I could endure what I had to go through. Uh, you know, my mom was ill, so she wasn't really able to be present in the way a mother would normally want to be. And so I, you know, I, I didn't have anybody coming to my games and, and things like that, maybe twice. Um, so you want, you know, I didn't feel understood and supported. But I can look back at that and understand what was going on. But unfortunately, um, she left me with a close family member and she wasn't, you know, she was ill and not paying attention. And I was molested at the age of eight. And that left a really uh, deep scar that I glazed over for 55 years. And I learned at an early age to keep secrets and to have everything perfect on the outside while things were falling apart on the inside. And Really, they glazed over it because I told my parents about it. Um, I sat with my molester at the holiday table every holiday. And these are things that you realize when you're older, you can look back and see, no wonder, no wonder I didn't understand how to set proper boundaries. No wonder I didn't recognize what I was worthy of. No wonder I didn't realize this was dysfunctional. Wow. That's some pretty heavy stuff that you went through. And thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being so brave to share that with us. So this happened when you were a young girl. You hold this together. You know, we all have like family secrets that we keep inside of us. And then at some point or another, they come out because we can't hold it together anymore or we don't want to hold it or there's somebody that comes into our life and we want to share this with because we, we're, we're finally okay with understanding maybe what's, what's going on. So when was the moment when 
you got married, you had children. Did your your husband who you had your children with know this story about you? Or did no, you keep that a secret I, as well? I never did tell that story. Um, I went out of the frying pan into the fire and he was also manic depressive um, and abusive physically. And so it was a very um, hard time. Uh, and I think growing up, you know, my mom didn't, you know, she didn't go to college. Uh, I, my dad didn't want her to. She didn't go work. My dad didn't want her to. She didn't, you know, he was very conservative. She didn't wear shorts because he didn't want her to. She didn't wear a bathing suit because he didn't. He's a great man. But let me just say that I feel like my mom I'd be depressed too because she right. wasn't able to follow her own interests. And I think it's really important for us to realize as women that we deserve to have a voice and we deserve to have dreams and we deserve to have things of our own that light us up inside, no matter who you're married to, no matter who you work for, no matter who your parents are. I think that we're we're about the same age, give or take two years. So I think we were brought up very similarly. I was brought up on the East Coast, not in the Midwest, but I had a similar, not, not the molestation or anything like that, but where I had one parent that was more controlling, it happened to be my mom, and that I ended up marrying a, a controlling person. Now it takes two to tango. So I've come to understand that it's not just him or right. that other person. Okay. So- your mom could have spoken up. I could have spoken up, but we've, I can't speak for your mom, but I can only speak for myself that, you know, you keep it together as long as you can. And then you realize I've got to just burst out of this box that's keeping me in there. Because similarly to what your dad said to your mom, I wasn't allowed to work. I wasn't allowed to wear sexy clothes. I wasn't allowed oh to gosh. wear, oh yeah, that was me. And this was, we're talking about like in the 1990s. Right, I got So you. I got divorced in 2002. So, and I remember thinking that, you know, there's more to me that needs to come out. I'm, I'm you know, only 40 years old and there's, but I think our parents' generation didn't feel there was a way out. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. And I think also uh, she may have had some religious beliefs that were, you know, that was something I had to work through that were confusing to me, uh, you know, and, and also just the commitment level of what she thought she was supposed to be. Right. Because she was probably brought up in a way that, you know, you, you, you get married, you stay married and you, you, it's for better or worse. Right. And our, our generation was screw the worst. We're the <laughs> hell out of here. Just don't even screw with me. I'm out of here. And it's for the betterment of the kids, even though maybe some family friends don't agree at the decision at the time. But when you feel that mentally and or physically you are at risk and you can't be the mom that you want to be, which was my situation, that I said, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. There's got to be, there's something better for me. And I wasn't physically abused, but it was things that I wanted to accomplish and I wasn't going to stay there. And I think you did the same thing with your first marriage, right? 
I didn't even realize because it's not a daily thing. It's right. I don't know if you've ever heard of Hedda Nussbaum, but she is a famous abuse case where she was beaten to be unrecognizable. And they call it the numbing of Hedda Nussbaum. And really, that is kind of, if I could say in a word, I was groomed when I was a child. I was groomed to be you know, molested. I was equally groomed to be abused. They don't just do it right off or you would never marry them. You'd never go on that second date. It's hidden. It's when you're in, you're in it. You have two children, you know, you're there. You're, tra- and you're, you're trapped. They've already you pulled just, you in. You're in yes, there deep, deep, real absolutely. deep. Absolutely. That's when the, that comes out. And it's a numbing process. It doesn't start as the worst abuse, but it gets worse and worse. And if somebody hits you once, that's one time too many. Abusers, only 4% of them change. And I didn't even realize that I was being abused until my life was almost snuffed out. It was literally late at night. We were going to bed. We were talking about babysitting the next day and I needed to work, mind you, because we lived on a military base and we didn't make a lot of money and we have two children. So I told him I was going to work and he just decided he wanted to shop. It was 1030 at night. I had need to be at work in the morning. I'm like, well, you'll need to find the babysitter because I'm going to be at work. Right. Uh, he snapped because it reminded him of his childhood Uh, They called it transference. Um, So then I became the person he hated uh, and he started strangling me and smothering me. This is when you're supposed to be peaceful. You're going to bed to sleep under pillows. And I could literally not move. I mean, I thought I was going to die and he wasn't going to recognize that he was killing me. And I didn't even know if I was going to get my last breath out to call on the name of the Lord. And I just tell it like it happened. I called on the name of Jesus. And in a second, he snapped out of it. And he woke up to what he was doing. And I rolled out as soon as I got that opening. And I ran downstairs. And I locked myself in the bathroom. And I remember I was looking at my hands. And they were shaking and looking at myself in the mirror. And I didn't recognize what I saw. I was like, who is this person? This is not me. And I just remember I was too afraid to go tell a neighbor. I didn't know what he might do. But I did go to work that day. And I just remember the whole day knowing I was going to need to tell somebody. I, I was scared to tell. I was afraid. He was six foot four, two twenty, and angry with him is not a good thing. But I did have a sister in law. She so happened to live down the street from me. I went down there. Of course, I had strangle marks on my neck. It's kind of hard to deny. And she was like, took me to the emergency room, and they said what what is this a case of? And she said, it's a case of spousal abuse. And it's the first time that I realized it, that that is just how this can happen. I I mean, I feel like now looking back, you feel sort of like, um, how didn't I recognize this? It was so, it was so clear, but when you, just like when you were a child, when you're in it, you don't realize it. You have no way of having any type of insight. There's no perspective in your when you're in the middle of it until you heard, you you say those words or you heard your your sister in law say those words and you thought, 
oh my God, this, this is, this is a real thing right this now. This is real. This yeah. is real. But I, I know like, you know, before this happened, I will call it my angel. I just had this voice that kept saying, you better get out while there's still time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I heard it and it was the same. You need to tell someone, you need to tell someone. And whether it's the voice within or the angel that was sitting on my shoulder, uh, it's it's a voice I came to recognize and listen to many times. That's, again, thank you for sharing that with me because I think that's like when you really hit your rock bottom. You said you stayed for a couple more years in the marriage and then you realized it's time for me to leave. Where did you get that strength? I think it's 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 basically started turning towards my children and I had done everything to make it work counseling. I mean, just you name it, I did it. And I just prayed and prayed. And I just, one day I said, God, I can't take this anymore. And I swear I heard an audible voice say, you're right. You can't get out. That's powerful. That's really powerful. And that's the powerful of praying, of meditation, whatever it is that you choose to do. I think that's why it's so important to understand your thoughts and your stillness and to to really respect that stillness in you. Yeah. So you hear so you hear that voice. Understand and respect the style the stillness and the silence because you won't hear the words through the noise, right? Right, you won't. Yeah. And it's only until we have those moments where we are praying or we are meditating or whatever method you take to take that time for yourself. And I I, I encourage everybody who doesn't do it to try to do it. I know it's hard for me. Um, to do it, but we won't hear those answers if we're just constantly on that that gerbil wheel of going, 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 and we never stop to go. Wait, what's what's wrong with this picture? So you got out, and w- you said fitness was really something that you always gave you strength. So were you involved in fitness at the time when you left your husband? Um, your ex-husband. I know that you're happily married now for like 26, 27 years to somebody wonderful, right? Yes. Uh, Yes, it was. I was working at the YWCA (laughs) and they happened to have a battered women's shelter. And I had never worked full time. I was a mom and I wanted to, you know, I worked part time and I really wanted to be there for my children, which was a lot of the reason I think I stayed so long because I didn't want to be gone all the time and be the only, you know, person they're turning to. I was just, I, you know, they wouldn't have been turning to my husband and then I'd be at work all the time. So I wanted to be there for them as a I'm gonna, mom. I'm going to interrupt you here for a second because we talk about the children. We're both the mother of two. You have a son and a daughter in their thirties and I've got my two girls and, you know, they're both young adults. And I think so many women do stay for the children. And yeah. I think what woke me up was saying, I don't want my children to see that this is normal. Did you ever have that feeling? Oh, yeah. So when you said that, I was staying for the children. I was staying for the marriage. I was staying because I was committed. But there came a time when I recognized this isn't for the children because he's turning it to them. The very week that I realized the abuse is turning to them, 
this is not for them. This is not, this is not going to be, you know, anymore. Can I say this is for the children? This is I had the a time. moment. I had a moment like that too. This is the time to rise up, to be responsible, to put my, you know, pull myself up by the bootstraps and we are worthy of more. I'm, I'm, we are worthy. I am jumping out of the sinking ship with the three valuable, you know, me and my children. Right. And I just realized that that story had changed, that that wasn't for them. I didn't want them growing up thinking that that is okay and that they should ever put up with abuse from anyone. Right. And you have a son and a daughter. So for the daughter, I think daughters really look to their dads, to the type of man they might marry. And for a boy, it's to the mom. And having myself two daughters, it was really important that, you know, you want to show them what a healthy relationship is. And so for a lot of reasons, you got out of it. So you're at the YMCA working full time in this shelter and this is when you've, you come across fitness, you find fitness, what happens? So I'm working, they give me a job, they like miraculously make me the fitness director, uh, which I didn't have a college education at the time. I've since went to school. Congratulations. But, <laughs> thanks. They, you know, gave me benefits, holiday pay. They took care of me. I had a button I could press when he came charging down and the cops were there in 30 seconds uh, anytime he came to harass. So it was the perfect place. And I just remember uh, I was working with the battered women and I was teaching them fitness and they were all sitting in a circle one day talking it was like therapy, kind of like how you would go to a group therapy. And they were talking about their stories. And the thing that stood out to me was that many of them had been out of it for a while, but they were still living in their story. I was like, I am done with that story. I do not want to live in my Wash story. Wash my hands. I'm out of here, right? I am done. I yeah. am not going to dwell on this. And this is not going to define me. And it is not going to define my children. I love that. We are going to rise above this. And we're going to make the best out of our lives. And in that moment, I remember thinking, I don't want to live in my story. But someday, when I'm past this, I want to help others not to live in their story either. I want to help them change their stories that they're telling themselves about why they have to stay in some terrible situation that nobody would ever should ever have to deal with or put up with. And and when you clearly see the story for what it is, you'll be free. You're free. I mean, and so I then went to work, never told anyone, did not talk about it. I didn't want anyone to feel sorry for me. I would put my nose to the grindstone and I was grateful every day for peace, peace of mind and having my life and having my dreams that I could actually not have somebody pull the rug out from under me and I could go for it. I could literally... I, I was so happy once I left. I, I wondered why I waited so long. 
I think we all do that. I think we all wait a really long time until we feel like the right time is right. And you know what? There's never a right time for anything. There's never a right time to get a divorce. There's never a right time for anyone to pass away. These are just tough, tough times. And we have to, you know, I love that what you said is that you didn't want to keep telling this story. You didn't want this story to define you. You wanted to go out and create new, beautiful, joyful stories of of no fear, being courageous, living with integrity, and helping other women do the same thing. So is that when this sisterhood of sweat was kind of, I, I mean, it was probably way before that, right? So so this is so way before that. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I worked at gyms, I sold for like, you know, I never had been a salesman, but like to get the job that I wanted, which was just coordinating aerobics and helping people, I had to, this guy wanted me to sell memberships too. So I was like, well, all right, then if I have to sell to do this job that I want, I guess that I'll do that. But then that benefited me. I learned so much at the, at that position about running a gym, about selling, you know, whatever you need to sell that sales is important part of the process for any entrepreneur and that you are benefiting people when you sell them a health club membership or you sell them personal training. And so down this journey, I had many jobs along the way that have prepared me for where I am today with opening my, my gym, my dream gym, which was chick fit at first. And so I've been in the sisterhood of sweat, so to speak for the last seven years. I love that. I love that. And the, when you were working at the gym, is that when you started working out and getting physically, you know, getting physically strong? Yes. It's just so um, empowered me and gave me confidence. It, and every time I did like a physical feat, I could relate it to something that I broke through in my business or my life. Like even just doing Spartan races, climbing a rope to the top gives you belief that you did that. What I tried and attempt, you know, climbing this rope over water and all these men were just falling off like flies. And it was like my third race. And I was just like, well, I'm going to give it one more try. And I just jumped up on this rope and I made it to the top and rung the cowbell. That, you know, doing scary things in your life, not scary like being beaten up, but scary like challenging, that I could handle. And that is a game changer. When you do something physical, I really believe it helps you have breakthroughs in your life because I was like, well, I did that so I can do this. I completely agree. And I don't think people know how strong they are mentally until they put themselves physically through some kind of physical challenge, be it, you know, a workout or a Spartan challenge or a Spartan race or anything, the Tough Mudders, whatever it is that you want to do, that gives you that mental tenacity, the mental strength, the mental focus. And that could take you to the next level. It's breaking through the barriers that take you to the next level, to that genius level. So when we come back, we're going to take a break. So stick with us, everybody. We'll be back with Linda Mitchell and talking about mental, physical strength and empowering you to be the best version of you. We'll be right back. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, Following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code PODCAST to get 25% off. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Welcome back, everybody. We have so much to talk about. I want to just jump right back into it. During the break, we were talking about some questions we were going to talk about. I know I'm talking really fast now because I want to get all this out. My, my last question about what you were speaking so honestly about was what advice would you give women who are listening, who are in an abusive relationship? Two words, get out. It's not worth your time. It's not worth your trouble. When you have energy, it's being drained and depleted. Wouldn't you much rather spend that energy on your dreams instead of crying in your bed at night? And we'll leave your information at the end of the show about how they can get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you. Are you okay with that? Sure. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you very much. So you you go through this transformation, you're getting stronger, you're doing these races, and you also started competing in fitness shows. So take me through what went through your head, how old were you when you started doing this, and what 
you know, we both were our fitness competitors, were fitness competitors. I know what went through my mind and why I want to do, but I'd like to know what, what went through your head? Why did, what was your why in going through that? Well, I was around 40 years old and I just think it was like when I was growing up, my dad didn't want me to cheerlead. He didn't want me to do any of the things, you know, like, like you were telling me how your husband didn't want you to wear anything sexy. Right. And I just felt like I really wanted to go after my dreams and the things that were in my heart that I wanted to do. And I, I really found it built my confidence and it was very empowering and I just, I recognized when my dad passed away that life was halfway over. And if I wanted to do something, I didn't want to make the excuse that somebody said I couldn't or shouldn't do that thing. I wanted to live my life full out because I knew that this is my life, that I'm responsible for my life. And I want to fill it with things that light me up inside and I'm worthy and deserving of that. And so once I started competing, it really, over the years, empowered me and made me strong. And I recognized a lot of women uh, don't stand fully into the things that they want to do. And I really wanted to help women once I got through all of this, you know, raised my children to be empowered and recognize that they deserve to have a voice in everything they do and to live their dreams is not being selfish. Uh, you know, you could have the alternative of what I grew up with where my mom was depressed and what, you know, slept a lot. Uh, wouldn't you rather, you know, be fully charged and alive and empowered and living in an environment that you created and, and how you do that is you decide what you will allow in your life and what you won't allow, what your deal breakers are, what your non-negotiables are. That is like the first thing and to, to the road of and empowerment. I agree with you. And I think we talked about setting boundaries earlier, or maybe it was the other day, but we about boundaries, being a pleaser, feeling empowered. And we're very similar in that way. And I think that when you're talking about doing things that feel right to you, feel maybe authentic to you, feel real, feel truthful, and living without regret. You know, after I got divorced, I I, I had a huge bucket list of things that I wanted to do because I said, damn it, nothing's going to stop me now. And I don't care if I you know, and I did lose friends because I competed because they didn't understand me. But living in your truth and then paving your own way is so empowering. And, you know, it's not about, I think a lot of women who might be listening right now who don't understand the fitness competitions, it's not about getting in a bikini and doing all that stuff. It's it's about how strong could I be? How, how mentally strong could I be? And, and then you get to, you get to own it, right? And I think yes. owning it because so so much of maybe what you went through, you couldn't own it. And now it was time to own it and feel empowered by what you're creating for yourself. Oh my gosh. So owning yes. it. So okay. show me about show me the book. Okay. So this is the story. This 
I really hadn't talked about the abuse really much. I hadn't talked about what happened with uh, my grandfather. I hadn't talked about all of it. And this basically was a discussion with my business coach. And she's also like a life coach. And I'm talking to her about, I, they wanted to put me down in a box on the cover. And so wait, said, for, so for people who can't see this, because oh. right now they're listening, tell me, describe the picture on the cover. So I'm in a sports bra and I worked hard for these abs that I'm sporting. You look hot, And girlfriend. I have a very empowering pose yes, uh, with you do. my hand behind my head. And it's a strong, it's a strong pose. Mm-hmm. And the person that was helping with my book wanted to dumb it down and I wasn't having it. And I listened to everything almost. And I was like, no. And then, well, my coach said, well, why, why, you know, maybe I think you shouldn't show your abs either. Why should, why, why don't you think you should be down there? I said, because I don't want anybody putting me in a box. I was put in a box my whole life. I said, my. You're out of that box. Yeah. Out of that box. Jump out out of it. (laughs) Yes. Yep. I know. I was growing up and my father, you know, I felt like he made me ashamed of my sexuality and I see he was trying to protect me, but it, it just, it was like, I felt like he made me ashamed of my sexuality. And then I have my grandfather wanting to, you know, molesting the body. Then I have the new husband or the ex-husband beating the body. The new husband wanted to control the body. I am like, this is my body. I will not be put in a box and I am not ashamed of it. And that was like when I really, I think, stepped into my power and just started owning my life and my. And this office. was this was like five years ago, right? Yes. Like it was huge moment. So did the, the light bulb just went off, right? It just it said just, no more. Like this is it. This is really, really it. But it took you until you were 55 years old. And not that that's old, but, you know. That that point of that light, that enlightenment, it it takes us a while to see it. We're not, we're constantly <laughs> evolving. But to have that that feeling, that must have been amazing to you. Well, my kids were getting raised. I think I put them first, and I wanted their lives to be fully. You know, I wanted them to be launched in in college and all of the things. And um, I think that, you you know, I've had many light bulb moments along the way that led me to that journey in that moment. Uh, and also, I will say that what really helped me to start to heal was somebody else coming forward about their journey. And, and that is a very famous person named Lewis Howes. And I was listening to him and it really freed me because anytime you have a secret, it can hold shame over you. But when you release that secret, it can't hold any more shame over you anymore. And I realized how many people I protected that I didn't tell my story because I was protecting people and maybe protecting myself because it's a deep wound. Right. So when you revealed the story, your, your, your grandfather was gone. Your father, your father was gone. My dad, I was really kind of, I didn't want to dishonor my father. Okay. So it was like a moment. It was a good time. The timing was there. Yeah. And how did your mom feel about it? Did she ever read the book or did you tell her about it? Uh, She has read my book. She's very proud of me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really, uh, it's a difficult discussion and Mm -hmm. she's 83. I don't really get into that with them because I'm like, I can forgive them. It's water under the bridge. Um, 
I just want to go on and help other women and, and just keep on healing from it myself. In, in my family, they all think he, like, they don't know. Um, many of them think he was the most awesome person. And I never, I never did burst that bubble because I'm just like now um, talking about it. You know, I never right. told people. Um, my aunt didn't want to believe it when it happened. So I didn't tell anybody else. So tell me how you empower women, the women that come to you either online or at your studio. Tell me, tell me what your coaching style is when you have, let's just call her a broken woman, a woman who needs help navigating through life. Maybe she starts to come to you because she wants to lose weight or gain weight or just change the way she feels in her body. What's your coaching style? Uh, I pour belief into them every single session that they are worthy of having the life of their dreams and that it's okay to go after that. It isn't selfish to uh, have needs. It isn't selfish to uh, have something that lights you up inside. And it makes you a better wife. It makes you a better mother. It makes you a better friend when you're being authentic, raw, and you're being real why I, I really, for the longest time, lived this life that I thought everybody else wanted me to live, that I should live. Uh, I was punished as a young girl for being myself. And, and again, I believe in marriage. And so I think just fully owning that it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to have needs. And when they are coming to me, I usually take a while getting to know what they're where, what makes them tick, what, what their motivations are, uh, what they're going through. And then every single session, um, besides the working out, which makes them stronger, besides the nutrition, which also makes them healthier and feel better, uh, I'm pouring in motivation and and also just being there as a sounding board so they can they can talk to somebody that's been there, done that, uh, and, and just letting them find their own truth, really, because we all know, we all know within what our truth is. It's just having the courage to stand in it. I, I agree with you. Standing in your truth and... Um... And having the courage to go forward and, you know, jumping out of that box, you know, where the boxes are not meant to, to lock us in. They're, they're meant for us to jump on and to kick out of the way, like, get out of here. Like, forget it, box. No more lock. I'm not going to do it. Do you ever feel that when you're, you're training somebody or coaching somebody that you are learning every time? You, you talk maybe about an experience just to help them along that you're learning from them as well? Oh, for sure. For sure. You're learning. And I think as a coach, um, asking people the right questions is one of the biggest ways to empower them because we all really need to find our truth for ourselves. And I could stand there and tell someone what to do, but them telling themselves what they need to do is more powerful. And it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And uh, I was just talking or I read something about um, that, you know, don't ask me when, when am I going to be fit enough? When am I going to feel good in my body? When am I going to look like this picture I brought to you? There, 
everybody has a different time span for when they get there. Some people sprint, some people jog, some people walk, but it's it's your own journey. Just like you've had your journey. I've had my journey. We're going to continue our journeys because I get the feeling that you are never going to stop growing, evolving. I mean, that's who you are. You're so strong. And that strength that you use to empower other women to get there, you know, this is your story. And I think that when we share these stories of, of, of our past, that definitely helps women understand because a lot of people might look at you and say, oh, she's got her act together. No, no, I don't. Let me tell you about my story. Right. And I think that if that gives them the encouragement, right. 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 They would never have known. I mean, what I'd been through. I mean, and that just tells you how many people out there have been through things. You're not alone. I think the biggest thing is recognizing what you won't tolerate, you know, toleration. What are you tolerating? What should you not be tolerating? Because you deserve to have the life you want and nobody should be standing in the way of that. So many women hear those words. I've uttered those words. I've said those words to myself. And it really takes practice. You know, it's like yoga. It's like anything else. It takes practice. You've got to practice meditation, praying, and saying those, that that could be your mantra. I am good enough. I deserve. I am worthy. You know, uh, those those shouldn't just be simple words that that fall off your tongue. They should really have true meaning. So how do you stay strong, you know, you've been working out for a long time. So tell me a little bit about how you used to work out and maybe how you work out now. What's changed? What did you used to do? Well, Are you doing the same things? The title could tell you a little. We used to be chick fit, little chickies. <laughs> now we're scissor out of sweat. I love uh, <laughs> so I'm just saying like it was more like aerobics and, you know, Pilates. And now we're pushing sleds. We're lifting weight. We're sprinting. We're crawling across the turf, doing push plates and kettlebells and uh, oh, a wide variety of things. Where do you get the energy to do this every day, get up every day and say, I'm going to keep pushing myself, whether it's your own physical or mental strength and to help other women? I don't limit myself because I think age is just a number on the calendar. And I know that sounds cliche, but it is the truth. It's about the life in your years, not the years of your life. And I just really set goals and I I don't put limits on what I can achieve. I don't think about it as an age. I think about it as a journey and a purpose. That's a really nice way to look at it because we don't have an expiration date stamped on our back at all. I just, sometimes I wonder, you know, will I ever... I, I, I always had this fantasy that I could just sit down one day, put my feet up and watch TV all day. And it, it just isn't me. Do you ever think about like, maybe I just should just take oh, it easy so and put my boring. feet up. Right? I, tried I know. That. <laughs> you did you? <laughs> I did try it. I really did. And, and you know what? It really made me recognize because I'm getting ready to step into more space in my gym. And I was kind of like, well, I could just retire. I don't really need the money. Like, 
why, you know, what is the, what is the why about taking more space? So what is it? So what is it? Tell me. The why it's, it's, it's huge. It's the SOS cry that women have. And I just feel that it's my journey and my mission. Um, I'm the, I'm the one I'm being called to serve women in a greater way and that God hears their SOS. And that is powerful because one day I, I really was in the gym praying and that was a song that came on and I knew my, I knew it, I could see it. I could visualize that that was my mission. And the crazy part is, is my book and my brand are called the sisterhood of sweat and that stands for sos sos I, yeah did you ever realize that when you decided when you came up I with the name i did not realize it till i was literally in the gym one day praying about whether i should take the other side over and bumped into my stereo and that song sos by lauren daigle came on and it like is it it was just too uncanny and too much of a coincidence. It hit you over the head and just basically said, "Okay, I got to this, this. There's no. There's no no. There's this is yes. I'm going to keep going." So right. beyond, besides the addition to your gym, that how what else is what else for the new year for 2021? I know 2020. How how did you deal with COVID? And was your gym closed down during quarantine? I'm sure it was right. Right. You know, it was the biggest time for me to be able to empower women and to connect with them. And we all uh, were on Zoom and they could all talk to me and talk to everybody else at the same time. You'd see all these little Zoom windows uh, and everybody was so grateful and thankful that uh, they said that that was the highlight of their week getting together. And they just thanked me over and over and it kept our community strong And I would just like to also just circle back to what you said a second ago about, um, you know, why we shouldn't just lay down and eat bonbons now that we're 58 or 60 or whatever age you are. And I think it's this. I did a little bit of that and it was so boring. It was so depressing. And I thought, you know, I could just not go for this big, scary dream because it's so big. Or I could sit here and be bored. What do I want to do? I think I'm going to go all in till it's over, girls. <laughs> it's guys. that's I I I love your attitude, and I actually had a moment um, where I was talking to my husband last night, and I was telling him that I was interviewing you today, and I'm like, I wonder what it would be like to just not do anything, just say not do anything and just be like, I don't know, a normal person. I don't know what a normal person is, but just not be that person that's constantly going for more, going for more, going for more. And I think it's, it's, I always feel my own hand pushing me behind and go, you've got one more thing to do, Jody, one more thing. And I don't always know what it is, but I'm always ready for the adventure because like you, I want to share my story. I want to help women who are in need and I want to talk about things that women don't necessarily want to talk or need that safe space to speak, right? So we create that safe space for them. Right. So they, Absolutely. That's so important. Absolutely. That's- A place to be seen, heard, uh, feel safe and supported. 
that is huge. And that's what I've tried to create with the Sisterhood of Sweat. And I think you're doing that with your brand too, Jody. Yeah, well, thank you. It's, you know, when you were talking about the Zoom calls right after we went into quarantine and I, my studio, we pivoted right to Zoom classes and the women loved it. And I almost wondered like what it would be like once I opened the studio again. Um, but that sense of community, that that feel for one another, seeing each other, knowing that the other person feels okay was really important to the ladies. And I know we've talked about so many things. I have to have you back on the show because we have so much more to talk about, like your workouts and your food and things like that. But you are incredibly fearless. You are strong. You are fearless. What does fearlessly authentic mean to you? That means you feel the fear, but you move through that fear. I I remember being at the Grand Canyon, being afraid to get on the, the skywalk, and I pushed myself because I knew it would take me to new heights. And I, at the end, was able to put my face down to the glass and look to the bottom because I knew I wanted to go big places in life and to go big places in life. You may feel the fear, but you've got to move that through that fear to be able to come out victorious at the top of your life on that mountain. Feeling the fear. Very well put. Feeling the fear. Yeah, it's almost like walking through that fire or because the fire is is fearful, uh, scary. So I I really understand what what you mean by feeling the fear. And I think you do that every day. And I, it sounds like you encourage the women that you work with to do the same. So, yeah, because you, once you face those giants of fear uh, and you recognize what they are, oh my gosh, you're like, oh, I used to be afraid to be a public speaker. In fact, I was scared to death of it. That's me. Uh, I used to me, be me too. To podcast. Oh my gosh, who am I to do that? And to instruct and to, oh my gosh, I'm going to run a gym. What? I'm on the same street running a gym where I used to work 60 hours a week for somebody else. And look at you. I am so proud of you and I'm so happy for you. And for everybody listening, how can they reach you? Give me all the ways that somebody could reach out to you. Okay. You can get me on any social media at Sisterhood of Sweat. And reach out on my website, sisterhoodofsweat.com. Thank you, Linda Mitchell. Thank you for being so fearless and sharing your story with us. I know you probably have helped so many people today, men and women. So thank you so much. And I hope we can talk soon. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. And bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you.